You're listening to the Viral Molly Podcast Podcast. Now here's your host, Rob, on the mic. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're here on the Viral Volley Podcast, extending our volleyballmag.com college volleyball weekly segment uh, with me are Jay Hasek of George Mason, Dan Friend of Lewis, and Dave Hunt of Pepperdine. Uh, lengthy discussion over at volleyballmag.com, so I encourage you to head on over there. But, you know, follow-up questions on that, on what we discussed over there. But what do you guys expect to see with the tumultuous nature that we just witnessed in week four? I'm going to start with Dan on this one. Well, I think that the continued thing is that there's a lot of parity across the board with all these talented teams and players, which is great. So it's exciting to watch every week. And especially this non in the non-conference segment, uh, which we didn't get last year, remember this, and the year before the season got stopped. So it's exciting to be back in it, exciting to see this cross-conference play and these teams going after each other and teams being able to travel. And so I think that's exciting for the sport and, We'll have some of these different conversations, I think, once you get into conference play and teams are scouting more and you're settling into some of that. But we still got a few weeks left of this non-conference, which is great. Yep. Uh, we'll go to Jay. <clears throat> you know, 25 years ago, it would have been easy to say these were upsets. Uh, you know, you, you look at it and you say, well, what, who, who is this team and why are they even playing and why do they have a team at all? And you know, now you've got a number of good teams around the country that are well coached. You know, there used to be just a handful of really good coaches out there that knew how to train the game. And now you're seeing coaches that have been parts of either USA volleyball or other division one programs. And they've gone on to do their own teams now and they all know how to coach really well. And now there's more scholarship money available and there's more kids playing men's volleyball. And so what used to be the traditional powerhouses are now no longer just the traditional powerhouses. There are other teams they know how to play the game at a high level. And the influx of foreign kids, it shouldn't be surprising to you. So, yeah, it's, there's parity. But I think it's parity because you just aren't used to the names that are winning some of these matches against traditionally names that you've heard of all the time. So kudos to all those teams and all the good work they're doing and all the recruiting that they're doing. It's awesome to see. And, and fans, if you're upset, get over it. Let's go to Dan. <laughs> That stick is still going. <laughs> Momentum from the volleyballmag.com piece. <laughs> is it going to me or is it Dan? I already went. Dave, your turn. All right, okay. All right. Well, I'm just laughing because, you know, in the last segment, you know, Jay, you know, throwing out puns and now he's going 25 years ago. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what? How old are you, Jay? <laughs> 25 years ago, I was 10. You know, I, went, I didn't even know that boys volleyball was around. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even focus now. So next question. Next question. <laughs> All right. I guess Dan's got to steal the mic on that one, huh? <laughs> uh, uh, I already went. So I, 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 on to the next question. Here we go. All right. <laughs> hey, just All so right. you know, I have legal authority to say 25 years ago because I was coaching 25 years ago. It was my first job. No, it's, my... it's fine. I was just saying you look so young. I just I Thank didn't you. even admit you. <laughs> yep. You're welcome. It's all that golf we got in this summer, you know? Yeah. Dave, Dave just so you know, I also started coaching 25 years ago. So, yeah, so. but you, you don't look as good as Jay. So, oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. He's covering it up with a beard. You know, yeah. you got to use hyaluronic yeah, yeah. acid. You got to get that stuff on your face. Well, I wanted to look at the other results that we didn't get to touch on just because there's so many uh, in week four, but NJIT 
coming back, reverse sweeping UC San Diego. I mean, I know NJIT is good. It's not to take any credit away from them, but I mean, UC San Diego came in with high expectations into the season. I was going up two. I just don't see a UCSD team losing in five uh, because of Kyle McCauley and, uh, you know, Harrison Wyatt and Ryan Kaw, where they, they ended last season. But I want to get your guys' take on, on that particular matchup, and we'll start with uh, you, Dan. Well, I don't agree with you. I, I think you say you don't see them losing. I, I say you need to watch NJIT then. <laughs> uh, so uh, they've got some great pieces. It's just the same thing we're talking about. So San Diego had to travel cross country to go play, uh, which is tough. Uh, and, you know, we talk about when these East Coast teams go travel West and they go play and they don't quite perform well. These guys are just, a, well, you try traveling, going across time zones and playing. Well, then San Diego had to do the same thing. We're not talking about, it was a good match. They went five. Uh, Phil Nhouse uh, for NJIT did some nice things uh, and they put together a win. And then Princeton almost beat him, uh, San Diego as well on the next night. And Princeton's got some great pieces. So San Diego, don't underestimate them. They're talented. They've got some really good pieces. They're going to make some waves when, uh, as they continue to get in the conference play. But not surprised at all in terms of seeing NJIT and Danny having that team perform. You know, they came out here and played us loyal and Granted, they dropped a couple. That was their first two matches, but I think you're going to see them continue to get better. And their center wasn't there last year, um, and, and he's back. Jay, what's – I forgot his name. It's okay, Nito. Nito, yeah. So he's back okay. and running the show and doing some nice things. They've got another Italian kid that's on the outside that's, you know, Alessandro that's kind of getting into the mix a little bit. And so good group of guys, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, just uh, to get in some of the stat lines there – Surprising not to see Julian Meissner as a leading stat getter in that matchup is Jens Feldhaus, 18 kills, 441. And the Italian, whom I know certain coaches have already been watching him, Alessandro Negri, 15 kills, three aces. Uh, and then Roquet Nito back in with 41 assists. Yeah, I, tried to I tried to recruit that kid. I didn't get him, but that's okay. So. <laughs> How about you, Dave? <clears throat> Thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, I forgot which, which one of these guys said it, but when you are favored to start winning some of these matches, it's a whole different mindset, right? When you're supposed to be, you know, the perennial favorite or whatever it is, it's easy to go in when you're always the underdog. And I think we've all had that in our own gym, the guy that's on the second team or the B side or whatever you call it, that just balls out in practice and he's the man. And all of a sudden you throw him in there in a match and it's, whoa, the lights are on. And now there's an expectation. And how do I deal with that? I'd be interested to see how San Diego is going to handle that going forward. Right. They they got some wins the last few years. I think it started in 2020. They had beaten a, a good Penn State team. Did they also beat Loyola that weekend? Or well, they yeah, beat they, Hawaii last year. Yeah, you know, they beat Ho so yeah. So I'm saying two years ago they they started to turn the heads with some nice wins, right? And we've always known that Kevin's a good coach. And then last year they have a you know the regular season just playing Big West matches, but then they go to Hawaii. They make it to the conference championship. They they arguably have a chance to win that against Santa Barbara. You know, they're up. I think they win the first one. They could win the second. They're up late, you know, by three or whatever. Um, but now they're expected to do pretty well. And, you know, how are they going to do that? So um, it'll just be interesting from a coaching side to see how San Diego handles things going forward as they get the respect that they deserve. Uh, and they're going to get a lot of people playing hard. Yep. Okay. So I think every coach that's been around for a while knows traveling east during January through March, there's going to be some weather. There's going to be some issues. 
And I don't, I don't think Kevin was definitely caught off guard. I think he knew there's some potential here, but the kids haven't done that. And so there was a massive storm going through New Jersey when they were, you know, landing the plane, so to speak. So, you know, these kids are all of a sudden they're, they're used to 75 and sunny and warm in the wintertime. And now they're in, you know, five degree temperatures. Hey, it's only 65 today, Jay. So only 65. Well, then where's the beanie? And I hope you're wearing your Ugg boots. You know, <laughs> oh, I got my I got my double jacket. Don't worry. <laughs> so, you know, the, the kids are, are taken aback a little bit. And yeah, now welcome to what all of the Midwest and all of the East Coast deals with every single year when we're all traveling to each other on this side. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a different feel. And so, you know, I'm not surprised. NGIT is really good. Feldhaus has been a, uh, a standard on that team for the last few years. He's starting to step out a little bit and start to, to take a little bit of a leadership role, but kid's solid. It's been solid for a couple of years already. So I'm not surprised. Uh, and Princeton's really good. I, I actually thought Princeton was going to win that match. So um, yeah, I'm interested to see how San Diego responds to that as well. We went, on our trip, we went on our trip and we have 44 guys that had traveled when we were we showed up at Pepperdine. You know what I mean? It's like we have a couple guys who haven't even been to Quincy yet at our conference and played yet in like three years. You know what I mean? Kevin Collins not even played there yet. You know? So it's like these guys haven't traveled yet in the past couple of years, really that length of travel and how do they deal? And it's learning how to play on the road. There's, and you both know this, there's just different things. You have to learn how to, what the routine is and how to serve in Pasco and how do you practice and how do you get adjusted to the gym and, uh, I think it's going to take some teams some time. And it is different than traveling down uh, the 405 to another school and versus traveling across. It's probably, it's probably shorter to travel cross country than to go down the 405. So yeah, listen, so. listen, when you play a road match and you're home in your own bed the same night before midnight, it's not a road trip. <laughs> Wait, but what about the, the issues of, of bad Wi-Fi and cellular when you're on that bus? I mean, that's a struggle. That is, that is. That's when you make the guys watch a movie called Ice Pirates on the Bus, just so you know. It's really bad. So <laughs> that's that's when we pull out the old goods. We watch side out on our road trips. We bring it along here. <laughs> hey, you have Spiker, catch cries and spiker, just so you know. So and that's Dave, available for free streaming on Netflix, by the way. I discovered that gem. Dave Hunt, that was before you were born, just so you know. But I do have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and you, me and you have had this conversation before. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> well, another team I really wanted to uh, talk about was USC, coming out of the gate seven and one, and they did beat Santa Barbara twice to start out the season. But you know, Santa Barbara was dealing with some injuries or COVID issues. I mean, it, it, they go hand in hand at this point. So, but um, <clears throat> you know, we were talking about Simon Gallus. But we were kind of overlooking another strong performer in Sam Coburn, um, who basically I saw him in person, the real deal uh, at UC Irvine on Friday night. And he had an awesome performance. But I mean, unless you're at courtside, you're not seeing all the things he's doing. <clears throat> Such a crafty, smart hitter. And with Gallus and Coburn and Chris Hall is playing an incredible, he's setting an incredible match, uh, especially his connection with Lucas Frasrand. But I uh, <clears throat> want to get your thoughts on USC, what Coach uh, Jeff Nygaard's doing there. I mean, it seems like the culture is changed there after speaking with the pre-match and what we're seeing result-wise this season. So let's start with uh, – well, let's go Jay on this one. We've been letting him be the last guy. So, <laughs> Yeah, Lu Lucas Frasand is the kid's name. He's from Maryland just down the road from us. Um, 
You know, I think there's a couple of things going on. I think, you know, obviously the addition of Cobrian is a huge one for them because now they have somebody that, that has the experience that, that has played in big matches and knows how to play, you know, up to his potential. Uh, and I think at addition is the main uh, reason why I think they're doing well this year. Also, Chris Hall is starting to, to get into a little bit of a rhythm right, right now. He struggled a little bit earlier in the season, but I think he's starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm. You know, and you, and you got a couple other guys around him that are, you know, Browning's no slouch. The kid's pretty darn good. But, you know, I think when you have a few more people that can put the ball away when it's needed and not rely upon one guy or two guys to do it, I think that's a huge thing. And as for as for the culture change, I mean, Jeff's been trying to, to you know, turn things a little bit here and there to make it more his style, more his flair for years now. And I think it's finally starting to take effect. And so, you know, he's been dealing with a lot of people calling for his for his job. That sucks. You know, you got you got alumni that are just hammering that guy because he's not winning championships every year. And he's like, I, the landscape's changed for men's volleyball. You know, it's it's a different world now. So kudos to Jeff. They're seven and one. Um, they played a, a, some pretty good teams and beaten them. He's going to have the meat of his conference though coming up pretty soon. And that's going to be really where the rubber meets the road. So we'll see where they end up. Yep. Let's jump over to Dan and we'll finish with Dave. Well, I certainly agree. I think uh, Nygaard has done some good things and he is in one of the tougher jobs, I, I think, from a history of having alumni want him to be successful. And so he gets a little added pressure compared to maybe some other places. Uh, but I think he knows that as, he, as he's been there a while. Um, but I also think he's got some, you know, some really nice pieces, and some guys that have some experience now. And, you know, Simon's doing a really nice job. And, you know, Sam was a great addition. And, I'm not surprised. I think they play Long Beach coming up, and I'm sure we'll talk about these matches that are coming up, and that'll be a key thing to see, you know, how they do and how does Long Beach respond after a loss. And SC's got this nice little record put together in terms of some quality wins and opponents. And so SC's going to be a team we were talking about all year long, and they're going to be one of those teams that are uh, hunting for uh, a conference tournament championship towards the end as well. Yep. And uh, Dave? Yeah, it's, it's no shock anytime you have a group of veteran players and, and you're playing good volleyball, right? They pass the ball extremely well. I'd say they're up there with some of the best passing teams in the country. Uh, they run the quick extremely well. They, they've done that for the last few years. Uh, and they're relatively low air, right? Their pins are hitting the ball in and they're serving the ball in. So uh, I moved them up in my rankings this week. I probably wasn't giving them enough credit. Maybe last year was lingering uh, a little bit for me in terms of the matches that they won. Uh, so we'll, we'll learn a lot about them this week as they play San Diego and Long Beach. All right. Um, <clears throat> one other team that we got to talk about, we, we spoke about pretty good detail in the volleyballmag.com segment for college volleyball weekly, but you see Santa Barbara, I feel like they're coming back in with this attitude. We're back from protocols and we're ticked. And they got Donovan Todorov back. Dane Chalmers now at the pin. How Shen Zha has been performing extremely well. And Patrick Paragas is running a really good offense. Um, could they upset some things here in the top five coming in the upcoming weeks? And we'll start with uh, you, Dave. Yeah, you start with me because we have them on Friday, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're always a good team. We touched on that, right? Well coached. They ball control extremely well. Uh, them not having Donnie uh, early in the year obviously hurt them. He was a starter for them last year. Yeah, they're a good team. I, I don't know. They're another team that's probably not getting enough respect. them in USC, so, um, but they're good. Yep. Jay? <clears throat> I put a number three this week in the poll, only because I just, I like what they're doing. Um, you know, I mean, 
I'm sure I'm going to get hammered on the, on the volley talk, you know, for all that stick again is stirring. Listen, I'm already, we need a bell every time one of you two mentioned the word volley talk in terms of that. It's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm already knee deep. I might as well jump in full, you know, but the, the, the <laughs> challenge is really, I think for you, Santa Barbara is you're maintaining, you know, you, you've got Wilcox doing some really nice things. Chalmers is a nice addition. He's doing well. Paragas is, is running a fantastic offense uh, and they're still fast, both in trans and in service Eve. And so, you know, Santa Barbara's deep. They got a large roster. I mean, I think they're rivaling Pepperdine with 28 guys or something like that, but you know, they, they've got a lot of guys that they can put in at any given day. And I think can Santa Barbara, does Santa Barbara drop off dramatically after, you know, player nine or 10. And that's going to be, I think where the rubber is going to meet the road for them. Are they going to, are they going to be able to maintain this energy and this level of play throughout the year? No doubt they will. Coach Rick's obviously a smart guy. He knows he's been around the game for a while. Uh, but Santa Barbara, yeah, they're, they're coming on like gangbusters right now. But let's maintain it. Let's see what happens. Yep. And Dan, close it out. <clears throat> uh, just, we've talked about it. Santa Barbara's going to be good. They're going to get better. And I'm eager to see them play uh, Pepperdine again this weekend. Uh, in terms of that, I think uh, – Pieces are healthy and they're getting into a groove. They put together some nice wins. Uh, a little bit will be like, how do they continue to respond on the road? We've seen them play comfortably at home on a few matches. And so, uh, but good group, very talented. Uh, and we'll be having, again, conversations about them at the end in terms of their performance and where they're at. Yep. Hey, do not forget, we have not talked about Mount Olive and BYU. Yep. Well, that's in our, uh, uh, the teams to watch. So while you're on it, Mount Olive at BYU. Wow. That, I think it was it's fantastic. They went five the first night, four the second night. I, I certainly know Gardini is out for BYU. Uh, but you also saw Mick Ramis, I, I pronounced that I think correct, that stepped up for Ramanus, BYU. Mick Ramanus. Ramanus. Yep. He stepped up for BYU. But, you know, Mount Olive, they were talented. And, uh, you know, is it is it Toby Ariza? Yeah, I, I think he's he's Aziz, he put up some nice numbers both nights, both nights. And I think it was unfortunate. I think there were 37 missed serves in night two. So we weren't seeing as much volleyball. It's not uncommon to have that many missed serves at BYU. But uh, another good team that's probably favored to win that conference, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they were favored to win last year. And then Belmont Abbey uh, upset those guys. And I think we're going to see – I'd be shocked if we didn't see Mount Olive in the NCAA tournament representing Conference Carolinas. Anything else to add on the UMO and BYU matchup, gentlemen? Yeah, Toby Aziz is the real deal. And I don't know any team in the country that wouldn't scream to have that kid in their gym right now. Uh, and he's only a junior. That's even scarier. Uh, and they're setter. You know, six seven. He, I think he sets for the Australian national team. That kid's legit. He would start on almost every team in the country as well. I know that, um, you know, some teams are, are definitely – looking at that at that name and and if they're thinking about not all of in the years past or they're they're going to be really sorely mistaken when they walk in the gym because they are legit good so kudos to them for going five i wish they would have pulled that out that have been a really nice win for them but uh, ali'i is doing such good things and that that's a guy who played at northridge back in the day he's been involved with coaching for a while he's a good coach taking a team to new heights good for him That'll be a match we talk about. I think Matt Olive plays Ohio State, if I'm not correct, uh, yep. coming up there. So. And then, Dave, any uh, final thoughts on the BYU you, uh, Mount Olive? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, just echoing what these guys said, Mount Olive's good. And, and 
they're another team that I not that I undervalued just now that they've played some good competition and they've battled. I have them in my top 15 this week. So, yep. Well, let's go to our week five matches to follow, watch, keep an eye on, so forth. Uh, there is a lot. Um, but uh, name like three or four that you guys are, uh, are in your like, purview, we'll say. And we'll start with uh, Dan. Uh, well, I talked about it a little bit. We got SC playing Long Beach. I want to see that as well as uh, UCSD. Uh, I got, you know, Mount Olive playing Ohio State. And you got uh, certainly GCU's coming to our place and Loyola. So I, I, I think we haven't played those guys in a couple of years. So that should be a great match. And then probably the last one for me, I believe, is Hawaii and Stanford and Texas on this kind of Texas tournament thing that they're putting together. Uh, which should be exciting uh, for the growth of boys volleyball. So Litsky's been putting that together with first point volleyball. So give those guys a little plug about getting this thing off the ground and everything. And so uh, I think we might have need to go into it next year, but uh, so um, that'll be a, a exciting match to see with those guys. So. All right. How about you, Jay? <clears throat> I want to see Hawaii Bowl state again tonight and see if there's a difference in the outcome. Uh, I'm not calling it one way or the other. I'm just excited to see that matchup. Uh, I want to see um, Purdue-Fort Wayne-Harvard uh, because Purdue-Fort Wayne has lost a few matches recently that, um, you know, they're trying to figure themselves out. They got their Chilean outside hitter back, uh, so that will help out a little bit. But Harvard's good, uh, and I'm interested to see that match. I want to see Ball State-BYU. That's going to be a really good matchup. And I want to watch Mount Olive Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State is without their um, their um, not the Greek, but the, the the Cypress kid for the. I think it's for the year, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't know. Uh, but uh, I'd like to see what Matt Olive is going to do because I think Ohio State. Kevin Birch is no slouch. He knows what he's doing. He's won a few times. If you haven't, you know, checked his stats, they're gonna they're gonna definitely have their hands full of Mount Olive. Yep. How about you, Dave? <clears throat> yeah, I'm wanting to see uh, SC play San Diego and Long Beach uh, just to give us a little bit better barometer on where SC's at. Uh, like I said, I think I undervalued them and I think they're doing some nice things. So uh, I want to see that. EIVA play, does that start this week? With That's Penn right. State? George Mason at Penn State. Hmm. Easy one for you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to, uh, I want to see Penn State. They've traveled to the West Coast twice. I wouldn't be shocked if those matches are pretty close, just the cumulative effect of traveling, you know, and I know that Penn State is good, but I think they got cursed by Jay calling them, saying they were going to go 2-0, and oh, and all of a sudden they go 1-3 one and, one and three from that. Um, yeah, those are those are the matches that, that I'm fired up about. Yeah, I have to jump on the... Uh... <clears throat> that match to the uh, George Mason at Penn State, the famous Star Wars matchup, the apprentice versus the teacher. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's always fun going back to Happy Valley and seeing all the guys and and reliving some old memories. So we're excited to go back. We'll see what happens. I'm only going to add one, and that's going to be UCI at UCLA uh, for obvious reasons. John Spra, former coach at UC Irvine. Um, you know, Niffin was Coach Niffin was the assistant to him for a few of the years, but it's the first time that we've seen UCLA in I believe three years because they just didn't play, they didn't schedule each other. So, uh, but a lot of friends playing against each other. Always great to see UCLA in the house. And then uh, it's a home and home series. So, uh, Hawks and his crew and Bob, Robbie Chai and 
Um, only person missing or only people missing would be Brad Keller and of course Mark Presho. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> well, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how does UCLA respond. You know what I mean? So after our match, and how does Irvine respond? You know, in terms of uh, you know two talented uh, teams uh, in terms of them, them competing both times. So I'll be right up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All, All right, right gentlemen, I think that's our cue to end it here. But, wow. Uh, hey. <laughs> wow. Did you, did you plant that one for your receptionist? Or? <laughs> I, well, my receptionist is just the front office staff at my gym. It's not exactly the men's volleyball front office staff. But, uh, You're a high hey, if I got to beat these two schmoes, I got to go recruit. I got to get kids. So. <laughs> well, I want to thank uh, Jay Hosick of uh, George Mason, Dan Friend of Lewis, and uh, Dave Hunt of Pepperdine for taking their time here and an extended piece. We had a great week, but good luck gentlemen this week as you start actually for Jay conference play. And as you guys go on with the non-conference play. See you guys. Yeah. Hey y'all. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the viral volley podcast podcast. Be sure to follow Rob at Rob on the mic on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook or at Rob on the Check you next time.